All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Full Seam Ahead. It is finally, officially, September. That means that coming up around the bend is the best time of year. It is October, just a few short weeks away. And the Astros are headed into September, coming off of a series sweep against the Texas Rangers. And I don't know, Lorenzo, about you, but... I'm feeling pretty good about these throws right now. What was your takeaway from this series? It was a great series. I think that was a great way to really end the month of August, going over there to Southern Oklahoma and sweeping them two games against a scrappy Texas Rangers squad that they have. You know, they, they're known mm-hmm. that they have Astro killers and Garcia, Calhoun. Nate Lowe's been hitting the ball pretty well in August. Could potentially be your August player of the month. But we will have to see another day and – especially going against Martin Perez. Martin Perez has had our number really almost this whole season, except last uh, outing before he pitched against us this this week. We were able to crack him with the Ledmitz Diaz game, that grand slam, and then after that, the rest is history. I think that show's offense is looking pretty damn good right now. And we'll throw you out some numbers from some players that are hitting the ball pretty good ending that month of August. Yeah, overall, I mean, it was a solid series. The bats weren't, like, crazy, uh, but they got the job done. They moved the runners over. They scored, and at the end of the day, that's that's all that matters. <laughs> you know, that's all that's all you really need as long as you're walking out of the building with a dub. I think you can, you can hang your hat on it. So we're going to break that series down, those two games, uh, a little bit more in detail. We will preview the upcoming series versus the Angels. It is the Astros' last West Coast road trip. Uh, the season's been about a month, I think, since we were out there anyway. Um, so one one more weekend of those nine o'clock ball games. Um, and then we're pretty much in the home stretch here. We'll yeah, no, more, Astro, a- no more Astros after dark. Yeah, no, no more this year. Hey, but maybe a road trip out west for the World Series. Maybe. And I'm hoping, really hoping that we go out there. We, we shall see. Uh, and we'll talk Astros Roundup because also yesterday, rosters expanded across Major League Ooh. Baseball, and we have seen some uh, pretty significant roster changes for the Houston Astros with some very interesting call-ups to the Major Leagues and a couple of options, DFAs, and we'll, we'll cover all that in Astros Roundup. And then, of course, we'll wrap up with Around the League as, uh, of course, Around the League, we start to see the playoff picture starting to maybe kind of firm up. Uh, kind of getting some, you know, identifying the real contenders here. We're coming to, into that that final that final month, that final stretch, and uh, that's that's where we'll, we'll we'll take it today. Yeah, we'll also read some of your takes from our little segment, cap and no cap, before we end the night off, and hopefully, you know, we'll see a win series against the California Angels. Yeah, so let's start off with with uh, the Rangers. Uh, game one, Tuesday evening, 4-2 win by the end of the day. But the real story, the takeaway was Framber. Framber, the franchise Valdez, was phenomenal. He just continued making history, collecting his 22nd consecutive quality start. Uh, eight innings pitched, seven hits, two earned runs, no walks, and eight strikeouts. We mentioned on the last episode of the preview that his last outing versus Texas was one of the best of the season. This was up there, too. This was a, a great outing from Framber. Uh, you love to see that from him. 
Gosh, he's just continuing it like we've been mentioning all before. And you know, the funny thing is we give a lot to Verlander. We preach him so much and we have no words oh, yeah. to say. But Framber Valdez, man, oh my gosh, like clap it up for him because he's been having a hell of a year. And honestly, I think it's time to put him, you know, I even said it in earlier. I was like, I think it's time to put him into the Cy, you know, candidates, the Cy Young candidates. And I think, you know, he's going to be up there at least for the top four, top. He could possibly make it top three, depending how it goes this September. But I could see top four, top five. Um, he's going to get some votes. Yeah, no, I, he, he and he definitely should. And, you know, obviously we'll talk later about, about Verlander's injury. And while, you know, gratefully it doesn't look like it's something that's going to sideline him for too long, um, Shane McClanahan also is dealing with injury right now. Dylan Cease is kind of off his hot streak. Uh, Framber absolutely could slide up in there into that top three um, in, in the Cy Young voting, and he well deserves it. He's, he really has been phenomenal this season. Uh, and Tuesday night was just another another excellent showing from him. Uh, he passed Johan Santana as the top left-handed left handed pitcher to throw 22 consecutive starts, the most consecutive starts in a row for a lefty. Uh, that That's pretty impressive. I, again, just, God, he's had a hell of a season. Yeah, I, I think it's been the one to remember for him and his young career. And I, I like personally, me, like I was really skeptical about him. I was like, I don't know if he's oh, going to be, a, you know, an ace because of the way he, you know, last year, the World Series, too. He wasn't having a great postseason. And, you know, even previous before that, it looked kind of shaky. But, you know, he just got that dog in him. He prepared himself. You know, in this offseason, too, I think he did everything correctly to come back into this 2022 season as um, probably one of the best shapes he's been in a while. And then, too, I don't know if people see like uh, Astros bases loaded before the pregame showed that they said the strength, strength training conditioning coach and even Dusty Baker has said he's always in the weight room trying to get better. And, you know, he's always getting stronger. Yeah, and, and that commitment I think just goes a long way. And obviously, you've you've talked at length before about um, his you know mental preparation and how far that's taken him. But I think you know coming into this season, I think I was most confident. I was more confident in Luis Garcia than I was Framber. Like you know, you know, like you said, we saw some signs of greatness from Framber, but we also saw him struggle. And coming into the season, I it was it was. Garcia, who I expected to really take that next step and develop into being the number two ace on the staff, but Framber has gone above and beyond, and, and it's been a true joy to watch. And on Tuesday night, especially, he, the offense was there to support him. Uh, the offense was there from the very beginning. Altuve leads off with a double, followed by a single from Pena, who's finding a little bit of, of signs of life in that two-hole. Uh, Bregman with a sack fly, Tucker with a single, uh, and just continuing that trend of striking early, striking often, uh, and and you really love to see that out of this offense. We, we've seen them falter, but they do have that ability to score pretty early in ball games, and that's that's big in October. Yeah, I really think that's a good positive to see too, especially Pena. Um, he did not have the best of August, and we know that he's been struggling trying to find out that curveball that. Um, you know, basically the off-speed pitches where he's struggling at right now and putting him in that two-hole maybe can help him out. I We've talked about last episode that it was kind of strange all of a sudden 
Pena goes to the two hole, and I think they dropped Yuli to six or seven or six and five on those right. um, numbers. And you know, his first what second game going to the two hole after that last one, three for five. So it was really positive to see. And that's why I was saying, I don't know if you saw that little um that little hit that he had at third base. It was a little dribbler over there. If he could bunt the ball, dude, yeah. he is very effective. And I don't understand why. He doesn't really bunt a lot. He doesn't drag or either. I think this past these past two games, I think he did it once. He was trying. I think it was actually that game. They tried dragging, and mm-hmm. if he drags the ball with that speed, nine out of ten times he's going to be safe because he has one of the top speeds in Major League Baseball. You know, I, I've always I, I've thought that for a while about the underutilization of his speed, not, not only in bunt situations, but he, he doesn't steal when he's on base. Like we don't we don't steal we don't swipe bags with him. And I get that you know he's not on base that often, uh, especially especially lately. But I, I would like to see you know the utilization of his speed a little bit more. Um, but yeah, overall a great solid day from the offense for the most part. Uh, Pena again, like you said, three for five. Altuve was two for five. He had that leadoff double, and he had a leadoff home run in the third. Uh, and then Christian Vasquez going one for three with an RBI. The guy just continues to hit as a as an Astro. Um, and, and you know we talked about that last week, and I and I and I continue to feel more confident about moving to seeing seeing him moving to more starts at catcher. And I think I think we start to see that transition uh, pretty soon. Especially with some of the new guys coming into the bullpen, you know, seeing him as mm-hmm. a uh, as a defensive replacement later in the game, for sure, uh, we'll see him in the in the lineup more. Yeah, overall, yeah, I, think I think he's batting over five hundred too. I would want to put that out there. Um, he's yet to hit a home run. I'm waiting for that Christian Vasquez home run to the Crawford boxes, but we'll we'll have to see what he does. Hey, it'll come when the time's right. It'll come just when we need it most. Yes, that was that was kind of his thing with Boston. You know, he didn't hit a, home, a lot of home runs, but he hit the home runs in the mo- big moments. Oh, he's gonna love Minimate Park, especially them Crawford boxes instead of him that Green Monster out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so that was a good win Tuesday night, and then Wednesday was you know two game series, get out of town game, and the offense striking early again, uh, leading off with a walk from Altuve, a single from Bregman, and then Mancini uh, with an RBI single. Get on the board first. Get on the board early, and the offense for the most part seemed pretty effective. Uh, ended up scoring five runs in that game. Uh, would have liked to see a little bit more efficiency as far as, as runners on base, runners in scoring position. Uh, not the strongest day from the offense in, in, in that matter, but overall, you you got to appreciate putting putting a five spot on the board and helping your pitcher out. Yeah, it starts with the man on top, and Jose Altuve has been having a good month of August. I think we've all talked about Bregman and Tucker, too. I mean, give your props to Altuve. He's been really hitting the ball, went two for three this game with two RBIs and a double. And then um, David Hensley, the rookie, I mean, he wasn't even supposed to play this game. It was Chaz McCormick, and, of course, we know Chaz had that dislocated pinky, and, of course, it wasn't going to be talked about. So they did a late scratch because he had pinky soreness still. David Hensley goes into that DH spot and freaking rakes. Went three for four, three singles, a walk, and a run. I mean, he had a had a historic day in his rookie, you know, season. He's gone right now so far. But um, yeah, the boys 
didn't I mean it wasn't a well eleven hits isn't bad. Eleven hits as a team, but a lot of lobsters and a lot yes. of um they're three, three for three thirteen in runners in scoring position. So I mean, yeah, like you said, we would have loved to see a little bit more of that, but hey, a win's gonna be a win. Yeah, and and again, there he is, Christian Vasquez going two for five. Um he just just hitting so phenomenally. I looked up, he's hitting 340 as an Astro uh in 17 games and 50 play appearances. So I'll take that every day of the week. Them are things you love to see too, right there. That that's that is what you love to see from him. And I think I mean, you know, keep it and keeping him in the lineup regularly. I mean, sure his numbers might dip a little bit, but his production is just gonna continue to increase. Uh Christian Javier was on the bump uh with I mean, last episode we talked about expecting Luis Garcia with Javier in a piggyback role, but with the injury to Justin Verlander and his his, his IL stint coming up, I'm going to stick with Javier in the rotation. So he escapes from the bullpen. He, he's let out of his cage. Uh, and <laughs> his first couple of innings were a little shaky. Uh, gave a couple of hits, gave up a, a two-run shot. But after that, he, he settled down and, and, and he got it done. Uh, his, his final line was five innings pitched, four hits, three earned runs, uh, two of those again coming off a home run to, I think, Corey Seager. Um, mm-hmm. Three walks, seven strikeouts. So, I mean, I'll take it from Javier, especially, again, when the offense can put up a five spot to help you out. No biggie. Yeah, that first inning, too, was pretty shaky. I mean, he threw, I believe, 38 pitches in that first yeah. inning. It was It was looking rough for him. They looked like they had the bullpen. I would I want to say that it was going, and that's what we really didn't want to see. But Dusty trusted his guy, and Javier just put it all down, hang it all loose, went out there and put that dog in him. And sure enough, he came up with the with the win. Yeah, and, and that even makes uh Framber's game the night before, you know, just goes to show how important that is that he went eight innings, you know, gave the bullpen a little bit of a night off, and you know, coming in to cover four innings for Javier the next day. Uh, and they did, and they did phenomenally. Uh, Maton, Stanek, Smith, and Montero combined to pitch those last four innings, picking up four strikeouts and only giving up one hit, uh, a double from a double off Will Smith in the eighth. Uh, but overall, the bullpen the bullpen looked solid and and shut it down and got the win. Yeah, and I think that's what we really need, especially with our bullpen how it is right now. And then, you know, like we said, we're going to talk about later. We might see additional an additional pitcher go into that slot as well. And then plus with Ryan Presley out, I think everybody just got to be the next man up mentality. Yeah. And that, you know, like you said, like that, that next man up mentality, it's September, it's crunch time. October's coming. This is the moment where you got to buckle down and, and do it. And and this team is tested. It's proven even with a lot of these young guys, there's so much good veteran leadership on this team. Uh, with that postseason experience, and you can see that in effect right now, uh, and how that's playing out. So overall, two game sweep up in Arlington. Uh, we will see the Rangers once more. They're coming to Houston next week, actually, after the Astros get back from this road trip out to Los Angeles. Uh, so we're not quite done with them yet, but uh, feels good to just tack on another two games against the Rangers in their place. Last time we have to go to that barn this season. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, overall solid series. A lot to be happy about. So let's move into our preview for the upcoming series against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. We're headed out west 
Like we mentioned earlier, it's the last time this year the Astros have a scheduled series on the West Coast in Pacific Standard Time. The Astros have three games against the Angels, 8.38 Friday night, 8.07 Saturday, and 3.07 Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Angels are 57-74, and 74, 27 games back in the division, and they are 5-5 five and five over their last 10. But they did just take a series from the New York Yankees. Yeah, I think they're going to come out, you know, with exactly what they did with the Yankees. I think they're not going to let anything, you know, they have really nothing to play for at this point in the season. They're just going to go out there and just try to, you know, have the great month of September, especially, you know, starting on a note on September 2nd. Um, yeah, I think, you know, they got Shohei. That's really just him and Trout on that team. And it really sucks, you know, two star players and not making the playoffs. It sucks, but. You know, they're going to try to make the most of it and try to ruin some um, teams' dreams of getting that wild card or even, you know, seating arrangements in the playoffs. Yeah, and, you know, the Angels are a team where it's crazy that they're kind of here because back in April, people were saying, like, is this finally the World Series year for the Angels? Are, are, are all the pieces finally coming together? Uh, when they were hot for nope. a brief second, they were they were on top of the AL West back in April. Um, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just thinking their their record against Houston is four and nine. They are four and nine against Houston, um, and you know we started the series out. We started the season off out there. We and we took two out of three, um, and then came home to Houston and they took two out of three from us. And I think that was the moment, um, you know, kind of where everyone was really starting to wonder about what this Astros team was and who they were. That uh, that Wednesday night game when. Uh, uh, Odorizzi got blown up and Shohei just struck out like 26 Astros batters. Um, I think there was a lot of concern at that moment, but since then it's been, it's been the tale of two seasons for these teams. The Astros have gotten better and put a lot of wins on their plate. The angels have gotten worse and taken a a lot of L's. And so I think, you know, at this point in the season, like you said, they don't have much to play for, but I think the angels got some pride to play for, um, at the very least, but we'll see how much that can we'll we'll see how much that can carry them in this series. Yeah, I think so too. And it's gonna start off with well, we'll just get into it right now. Uh game one, they got Nas McCullers Jr. on the mound with a one one, one point six nine ERA. And they got Reed Deadmers, um five and four, three forty seven. He of course he had that no hitter, you know, earlier in the season. Had a great month of July, had a decent August. His last start versus Toronto was five and a third with four hits, no runs, three walks, five strikeouts. Um, Houston, he's had the best of both worlds, really. Um, starting on April 8, he had four innings, three hits, two earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts, and giving up two shots to uh, Altuve and Diaz. And then July 14, wasn't that bad, but six innings pitch, five hits, two earned runs, three walks, six strikeouts. So... I mean, I think he's going to come out there. He's been having a good season, too, as well. I, I believe he's a rookie, too. But, you yes. know, besides that no-hitter, I think he's still going to throw the ball pretty well. And then Lance McCullers, too. Um, You know, we saw that outing that he had against Atlanta, but his last start versus Baltimore. Five innings pitch, four hits, no runs, three walks, two strikeouts. Um, what What do you see with Lance going into his fourth start of the year now? You know, I, I think kind of the same thing we talked about last last episode was that pitch efficiency. Uh, he those, those walks yeah. and not getting very deep, which 
you know, as far as not getting that deep in games, we all kind of expected that, right? We expected the pitch count. Mm-hmm. Um, but in his first three outings, uh, his first outing against Oakland was arguably his best. He went six innings pitch on 81 pitches, 47 strikes. And then against Atlanta, he got a little knocked around by a much better lineup than than the A's. Uh, nine, he took 91 pitches over five innings pitch, 54 strikes. And then last weekend versus the Orioles, uh, 90 pitches, 50 of them strikes to get through five innings pitch. So I think that's kind of my biggest concern. And the thing I'm looking for is can he find the strike zone consistently, uh, you know, and, and and stop getting behind in those counts and take advantage of when he's ahead in the counts. I think in that Baltimore, in that Baltimore start, there were four or five times I, I kind of remember of him getting ahead and then just falling right falling behind immediately, just throwing two or three straight balls um, and getting behind in the count. So definitely want to take advantage of those situations, throw strikes, and maximize his outings. You know, we, we have injuries in the pitching staff right now, and as we'll talk about here in a little bit, we've got a little help on the way as far as the bullpen uh, with the roster expansion. But we need we need our starting pitchers going deep, as, as deep as we can. And obviously Lance will be on a pitch count, uh, but – if he can be a little bit more efficient, I think he can – I think he'll be nasty. I, I I think the Lance we know and love is still in there. And not like he's, not like he's pitched poorly at all, um, but I, I think that there's a chance that we start to see him coming back to form as long as he can – as long as he can get more consistent with the strike zone. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what we need to see from him, especially we're getting to that month of September. And then, of course, October is going to be here as soon as you know it. Like, it's going to be here and – He's really going to have to go deep, I think, even though we have a good bullpen. But the pitch count, too, is going to matter because we're going to go into deeper games, into better teams, better lineups, better better hitters, too. It's it's a different breed when we get into that postseason October run. So, yes, I think it's very important that Lance gets into the back of a group of things like how he was in the last month of September and the last year of ALDS as well. So, yeah, hopefully Lance looks good and continues to um not give up a lot of walks like he's been doing these last three outings yeah and so so that, that'll be a good matchup fun little friday night baseball ball gets some astros after dark uh, with that late start time and then on saturday we got another late start uh first pitch is at i said it a minute ago 807 p.m on saturday night going up against college football the college football season starting up uh, i know for some of us i mean myself included a big college football fan Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of a distraction from the Astros, but certainly still um, sticking with this team. Uh, who do you think? Maybe, maybe we'll tweet this tomorrow. What Astro player do you think would be the best football player? Like, who could you put out, put some pads on, throw on the football field, and be an impact player? Give me Framber. <laughs> Give okay. me Framber. That boy. That boy is built. If you have not he seen him built. in person, dude, oh my god, this guy is like a, like his shoulders are pads. His shoulders are football yeah. pads. Like he has built this guy, but I, I, I'd say Framber. What about you? I was thinking like Jordan Alvarez is a little is a is a D end or something. Or a, a little Mike, <laughs> a little Mike line. I mean, he's big, dude. Jordan's he's big, big, yeah. And and yeah. he's not he's not the fastest, but I mean, you t- you tell me that he couldn't get around some uh, offensive tackle and come off the end. Oh, I will. Yeah, I tell you dude. what, I wouldn't want to be the quarterback. I would not want to be that quarterback. 
Definitely no, especially with Jordan coming at, at a, as a freight train just going down the line, you know. Yeah, I'd be a little frying. I'd say honorable mention would be Jeremy Pena because Jeremy Pena too, of course, mm-hmm. he has a speed like a running back and he's pretty, you know, he's pretty built as well. I like Pena, put him at a, as a slot receiver. Ooh, I like that too, actually. I like that. We'll see. We'll, we'll throw that out on Twitter tomorrow and see what everybody comes up with. I'll be interested to see to see those responses. Uh, but but anyway, Saturday night, if you're not watching college football, the Astros will have a pretty another interesting game, another, another interesting pitching matchup. You know, we talked about the kind of tale of two seasons for these teams, their highs and their lows. That's kind of what we've got from this pitching matchup. We have Luis Garcia on the mound for the Astros. Uh, he's 11 and 8 with a 4.14 ERA going up against Shohei Otani, who's 11 and 8 with a 2.67 ERA. And I think these are both two guys that, you know, Shohei coming off of an AL MVP uh, in the running for another MVP. But I think it's fair to say that this season hasn't been as dominant as, as he was expecting, you know, as, as may have been expected from him. You know, he's not quite setting the world on fire as he was last season. I mean, two point six seven obviously still respectable. He's eleven and eight, which his team sucks, so you can't really blame that on him. Um, but he's still a force to be reckoned with. And Luis Garcia coming off of that top three rookie of the year finish, um, you know, high expectations. Like I said, he was the one that I was expecting to take the next step. And you know, we, we've seen him struggle as of late. So this this is definitely an interesting pitching matchup. Garcia has given up at least three runs in each of his last six outings. Wow. And in, and in three of those, he's given up four runs. So definitely, you know, this is not a lineup that has a ton of potency. They've got some guys that'll, that can make you that, – that will take advantage of mistakes, though, I think is a good way to put it. Um, and, you know, they're capable of rattling off some big innings, but uh, – I think this is definitely kind of, I don't say last call, but, you know, he, he's got to make some improvements really quick. And I, and I would like to see him get it yeah. going against the Angels. I really would. Um, yeah, and I think it, it's really important, too, because, of course, the rosters are going to be different for the postseason. Yeah. Of course, they cut some people and they accept people. And I, I honestly think Garcia will still make it onto the roster. But, um Probably. You know, I think it's very important too for him to start getting into his groove. Like back he back in twenty twenty one, he was really dialing in every at bat, every pitch. You know, location was looking great, and really the these past starts that he's been doing, like you said, he's been giving up a lot of runs lately. It's all it's been three or four, like you said. It's it's not the Garcia that we know. We really need him to like dial in and start giving up. You know. Three, not three runs, two runs, one run, you maybe no runs because we haven't seen that for a while. I, I'm trying to see the last time he's given up, you know, just one run in his last start because it's been the last start he's given up two runs. And that was back in July 21st when we came back from the All Star break playing the Yankees. So, and then before the All Star break, he gave up only one run to the Angels. And that was, um, you know, like you said, he went six innings, one earned run, three walks, seven strikeouts. So I, I think it's very important for him to get back in the groove of things. I'm really tired of seeing three runs, four runs, because it makes our offense have to work even more. We got to score more runs for him. And, you know, of course, that's what we need to do as offense as well. But at the same time, too, they're going against Shohei Otani. 
Otani has been having our number two this season. So I think it's very important for him to dial in and, you know, hopefully just give up a run or two. Yeah, and I I just looked since the All Star break, Garcia's ERA in the first three innings is six point four three, and that's where that that's where to me the biggest era of concern is that not only is he giving up those three four runs, but they're usually in the very beginning of the game, and you know sometimes he kind of dials back in, he's all right for a while, but um yeah, in seven games in seven starts since the All Star break. He has a 6.43 ERA in the first three innings, mm. five doubles, a triple, 15 earned runs, three home runs, and 12 walks. So, I mean, that that's the big thing. You know, it's coming in, and like you said, be aggressive and be ready to go every A-B. Don't wait until you get knocked around to start bringing it. You know, bring it from the beginning. Yeah, then opponent batting average too. The month of July, he did it wasn't that bad. I mean, he had a one ninety uh, opponent batting average, and then the month of August, it's been just really dog shit. It's a three oh four, you know, and then a whip of one point five two. So that that's a big difference right there, at least from the opponent batting average. And then plus, we're gonna be playing good teams down the stretch of September with uh, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and Philly. So it, it's gonna be really crucial and really important for him to dial in already. One hundred percent, and like you said, you know, taking taking advantage of Otani as much as possible. Um, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I mean, Otani single handedly <laughs> slayed the Yankees a couple times in this past series, so we know he he's feeling he's feeling good right now. But just taking advantage of those moments. The Astros will wrap up this series with the Angels on Sunday afternoon at three o seven p.m. It'll be Jose Arquiti on the mound. Urquidy is 12 and 5 with a 3.69 ERA. And he'll be going up against Tucker Davidson, who's 2 and 4 with a 5.77 ERA. And Urquidy, last time he faced the Angels, he had a solid outing six innings pitch, two hits, one earned run, three walks, eight strikeouts back in July. Uh, and against the Angels in his last two starts against them, uh, he's 2 and 0, 11 innings pitch, six hits, two earned runs, three walks, 10 strikeouts. So, Safe to say, I think Urquidy knows what he's doing with this lineup. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we get another strong outing from him because we haven't really talked about it yet. But he has kind of had some so-so outings his last couple his last couple starts, you know, after turning his season around. Uh, would like to see him kind of dial back into where he was in late July. Yeah, he's given up um at least a run in his four last five starts. In the month of August, it wasn't that bad. Three and one. Uh, three thirteen ERA, just giving up eleven runs, two uh twenty two hits and twenty nine strikeouts, giving an opponent's batting average of one eighty five. So I mean he's been a little so so lately, giving up three runs his last outing against Baltimore. Um, you know I think it's just important for him to continue pitching like he's been doing these this past you know All Star break. Um, I, I was really interested to see that too. We were talking about this before and and pre All Star break. He was eight and four with the 409 ERA. I mean, that is pretty bad. Yeah. And then, of course, when he took away the cutter from his, you know, from where he was pitching, his all star break numbers are really good. Like after the all star break, he's four and one with 284 ERA. So he has a look very sharp in the last outings. But, you know, we just have to continue, you know, playing good baseball, especially with him. You know how the offense is with him. The offense is really. You know, they really hit good for him behind him. 
And that's the funny thing is because Christian Javier never had the offensive support. Never. And and look at Jose Urquidy. Right now, Jose Urquidy is just getting all the run support that he can. So, I mean, that's a good thing for him. I mean, for him to switch, a guy that was going to be maybe traded at the deadline because we were all thinking he was going to be gone. At least one of them Astro starting pitchers had to be oh, gone. Yeah. But, you know, sure enough, I mean, after that, he's just changed. He's tied third in wins in the American League. So, you know, I think he's done a really good job changing, you know, his game around. And the Astros just got to take advantage of the opponent that they're facing in Tucker Davidson. Yeah, and, and Davidson's a guy that hopefully they can take advantage of. He's again two and four with a five seven seven ERA. So he he's given up he's given up a run and at least a run in his last six starts. Um and two of his last four, he's only gone he's only given up he's only gone four innings. Um in his last start against the Blue Jays, he went four innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, five walks, five strikeouts. Um, so this should be a guy, hopefully, that we can jump on early, like we've talked about. Uh, those bats coming out hot, mm-hmm. staying hot, and you know, give Arquiti some run support from the get go and let him pitch comfortably and let him pitch well. Uh, I think this is a very sweepable series. Astros are on a three game win streak, uh, but you know, you never know with those damn Angels. Uh, and you know, we've seen we've seen the Astros have the ability to lay some eggs, especially recently. So hopefully, we get a good series out of this. Either way, it smells like a serious win to me, and I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah, it definitely smells like a sweep as well. We talked about we got to take care of business against these, you know, below 500 teams. And like you said, we've been doing pretty well scoring first. We've been doing, I think these past two games we uh, against Texas, we scored first in the first inning. And really throughout the whole season, they've been doing that pretty damn good. So yeah. I think that trend needs to continue on. And especially with the week offense that the angels have these starting pitchers should be able to carve them up and that's what i'm saying i think luis garcia going back to him real quick just i think this is a great opportunity for him to turn himself around and get everything going for the month of september and hopefully carry that on into the postseason yeah and i mean this is also an angels team that's a little banged up i think jared walsh is out uh i want to say taylor ward maybe is out um, so I mean they've got they've got some guys that that are gonna need some um some time and definitely just wanna just wanna take advantage of maybe we'll see our, our good friend Ryan Tapera. Maybe we'll see him and get to beat him up a little bit. Would would be nice. It would be, especially seeing that face seeing a fly ball to center field <laughs> into them little mounds up there with them rocks. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the great uh, native Southern California landscape they have there. Yeah, maybe maybe hit it to the Mickey Mouse Ferris wheel over there in Disneyland, or even the Halo over there in the center field with the Angels as soon as you enter the ballpark. Yeah, it, it, we'll see. It, man, it's it's gonna be a good series. I'm looking forward to it. Even with you know football going on, I think this will be a fun series to throw on, especially those late night games. Watch some college football and then throw on the Astros late at night. It'll be a good series. No, I'm not. But hold on. Before September baseball is just it's you could just smell it. And we talked about it earlier already. Like you said, you smell it and you're just already ready for the ticket. You know, the pre-sales that come out for the postseason ticket, that's going to be coming out soon. So y'all need to watch out for y'all emails um, seeing from the Astros. 
Yep, it, it's getting to be that time. It's coming here pretty soon. So let's go ahead and head into Astros roundup. As we've got some big news. Obviously, the rosters expanded yesterday on the, on the first. Uh, we've seen. I don't want to spoil it in case you got the. We've seen some big names make their way to Minute Maid Park. But before we see that, uh, on Wednesday night, uh, there was a little bit of a tizzy when Pat Ragazzo, who's a, Met, who's a Mets beat writer, tweeted out that the Houston Astros recently offered Michael Conforto a two-year, $30 million deal. And he had until the end of the day to sign it uh, to be eligible for the postseason roster. And it just felt like a flurry of, of all this news. And I think there My was like gosh. a Sports Illustrated article, and everyone was talking about Conforto. <laughs> Um, if you're if you're not familiar, Michael Conforto was a center fielder for the Mets. Uh, he became a free agent last offseason, um, and he elected he he'd had a kind of reoccurring shoulder issue, very similar to Michael Brantley, uh, and elected to have surgery. And before I mean before that, he was a guy that was looking at a hundred million dollar contract, I and mean, he he was a, he was a pretty solid outfielder in that free agent class. Um, but he since then he's gone all season without being signed by someone. Uh, I remember, man, we were talking about that back in April, you know, waiting for him to be picked up because he definitely seems like someone who was um, – I definitely thought he'd find a spot on a roster by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But the night came to a close and Conforto was not a Houston Astro. What are your thoughts? I think it would have been cool for him to be because he's a lefty hitter, he's a contact hitter, and he can even hit for power as well. Uh, I think he could have replaced that Michael Brantley bat. Um, you know, in that two hole, maybe even you know later in the lineup, especially too, you got a veteran in him that could play center field. But the thing is, was the arm one hundred percent? Is the arm able to you know throw out runners going from first to third, or you know second a home or a sack fly? That was the biggest question coming into that. And like I said, I think it would have been interesting, and it really could have made our lineup a little bit deeper. Already is. But at the same time, too, you're just not going to throw $30 million to a guy that's just coming off of injury that hasn't even played any games this season. Right. So, and then even Mark Berman had, like, talked to Scott Boris, and Scott Boris wrote in a text message to Fox 26. He had said, the Astros offered isn't accurate. I was like, okay, is it not accurate, like, money-wise, the years, or, like, what what, what was happening? Um, maybe the Astros could look at him in the offseason because I think that's going to be a question mark is that center field position. We still don't know if Jake Myers is going to be 100% going or Chaz McCormick. And for sure not, you know, even though I am the president of the Dubon fan club, I don't think Mauricio is going to get a lot of, you know, everyday center field no. playing time out there. So I, I think it's a good possibility that Astros could look into him in the offseason, maybe to take over that center field job. Yeah, yeah, and we like we talked last episode that the free agent class is not super deep this offseason, uh, at least not in the outfield. So I think that conversation will definitely come up. But I think really at the end of the day, it boiled down to, like you said, that not not sure if you can trust his center field arm. But at that point, if you're looking at him primarily as a DH, I mean, we had Alvarez, we have Mancini in that role. You know, we've Vasquez talked could go in there talk, too. Exactly. We've talked before about Vasquez going in there. And so I don't, I still don't really know if there was a spot for him on the roster, um, especially with the September call-ups getting, coming up. I think it's just more valuable sticking with what we got than, you know, like you said, taking that risky $30 million bet. But 
that'll be an interesting story to track in the offseason and and see where he lands because I, I think you're definitely right. I think the Astros will take a deeper look at him in the offseason for sure. Yeah, I think it's a smart move, but let's move on into the World Baseball Classic news. Um, I don't know if you've seen the interview pop up lately, but Mike Piazza, you know, former Met catcher, he was interviewed by John Mar- uh, Marossi on uh, MLB Network, and he had confirmed Trey Mancini will be representing Team Italy in Italia. Of course, Mancini, you know, with the last name Mancini, his mom is, you know, very fluent, and um, I believe she's from uh Italy, so he will be representing them. And then our own former Astro Carlos Correa will be representing Team Puerto Rico per MLB Fox. So I, I the, the teams are gonna start looking good. USA, I mean, they've just stacked up <laughs> all the Dodgers. The yeah. yeah, Trey Turner, uh Justin Turner too, and Will Smith. I mean, you got three Dodgers in there. Oh, Mookie Betts, four Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be the Dodgers versus you know Puerto Rico out there. Yeah, no, I, I, and I still, I'm waiting to see the pitchers. I'm excited to see the pitching staffs, um, because that'll, that'll be interesting. But the big news, what you're all here for today, is of course the Astros roster moves with, uh, the September roster expansion going from a 26 to a 28 man roster. We on last episode we we talked about some of those options, and it has come to light as expected. Hunter Brown is. A uh, September call-up, the right-handed pitcher who has been dominating AAA uh, out of Sugarland, he gets the call-up, which I think we were all expecting. But we had some surprises too, didn't we? we I, I did not expect the Jake Myers demotion to AAA on, on Tuesday afternoon. I didn't think so. It was going to happen either. I was waiting. You know, honestly, it, it needed to be a time and it needed to be soon because he I hasn't think it been should have happened sooner. It should have been happening sooner, but, you know, it happened already. Um, You know, I think it was a good job on Click for finally, you know, pulling the court on him and, you know, sending him down, get some at-bats. Clicks even said his part could be mental and physical reset, which yeah. I, I think it is because mentally he doesn't look like he's there, especially coming from coming back from that injury, from that torn labrum. That I mean, that's – you're going to have to dive for the ball and everything like that. And, you know, mentally you're not sure – you get flashbacks. And, you know, for a young kid like him, that that brings up a lot. So, you know, maybe going down triple A could get him prepared. And, you know, I'm pretty sure we'll see him in the postseason roster, honestly. Yeah, I I think so, too. And something else that Click said was that they're going to kind of reevaluate their process for um, rehabbing and reassessment. And basically, to me, what that kind of said was we rushed him back when he wasn't ready. And we're seeing those results. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you think back to June, I mean, he was not hitting that well in AAA. And I specifically remember talking when we were when we talked about it on the podcast that his he's he said that his timing was off and that he was just working on getting his timing back on. And Click even made a comment about it. But with Brantley's injury, and I think that was at the same time that Pena was hurt too, um, with his finger deal. Uh, I think it was just the necessity of getting Myers on the field to have another body out there. Uh, kind of, he came back too soon. I just, I think he wasn't ready. And so, hopefully, going back to AAA and and working on those things is going to bode well for him. I also think his helmet's just too damn big. Get that man a smaller <laughs> size helmet. I mean, 
mean, like, and I don't think that's it, that it, ridiculous. Yeah, it, I think we do. We need to get him a bigger helmet, but even to throw oh, out a smaller there, that, helmet. That thing falls I mean, that's what I meant. Yeah, freaking swings. I know he's. It's almost like them cartoons that the just the helmet yeah. just spins around and falls. Um, another thing I wanted to throw out there, what Chandler Rome had said, he struck out fifty times in his first. 47 games off the injured list. Mm. He slashed 209, 255 on base percentage with a 302 slugging percentage. Um, it, Dusty Demon didn't trust him to play behind the team's best pitcher, obviously, that being in Justin Verlander. And we've seen that with Mauricio Dubon being in center field more often. So, right. um, it's 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 gonna be very interesting what we're gonna do. Like I said, when we when it comes to the winter meetings, and even you know free agency as well. It's it. I I have faith in Jake Myers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he sucks. You know, it's just a part of the process. You know, we just got to go back to square one, get the mechanics right. Um, you know, small steps into you know it's almost like rehab all over again for him. But I think that's the most positive thing to do, though, is to send him down and get him mentally and physically prepared, like you just said. Like he said. Yeah. And, you know, you're right that the offseason is interesting. But to me, the even more interesting thing, um, and obviously all this happened Tuesday after the game, uh, and Ashes are off yesterday, is I'm curious what we're going to do at center field moving forward. Because, I mean, Mauricio mm-hmm. Dubon is not, he, he Dubon's not the answer in center field. He's no. he is he is actually hit worse than Jake Myers uh, in the month of August. As bad as Myers has been, he Dubon's been worse. Um, I I think Chaz is what he is, but to me, I don't see another way this works out other than I think they're about to put Tucker in center field. I think I think we're about to see Tucker Man. playing the lion's share in center field. I really do think that's what's about to happen. And I, yeah, I really I, hope they don't. I honestly hope I, they don't. I don't know how <laughs> I feel about it either. I mean. He's and and I I I I'm on record saying you know saying outfielders can play they can learn a position but also I understand that there's physical limitations and I just and I know Tucker's played there before and I know that he has the experience and if push comes to shove but I just I don't know it doesn't it it gives me an uneasy feeling. Yeah, Chaz hasn't had a bad month of August really. I mean, two sixty eight, three forty nine. Uh, OBP and 429 slugging. Um, we know what he could do on um, when he hits. He he's not a bad hitter. Um, obviously he has that power going into uh right field. Of course, right now he's dealing with the pinky injury too, so we don't know how that's gonna like see. affect him going forward. So I I think I could see that, but if that's the case, Mancini needs to get reps now. Well, that's and I think. I- and I think that's the biggest thing. If that if we're looking into that, he needs to get reps right now at this second because October's coming. That is what thirty days, and then plus you've got like five games in October. I mean, you, you got to play the man now if that's going to be the case, which I really doubt it. But I wouldn't well, be opposed to it because we're going to need a bat. You know, if you put Jordan in left, Tucker in center, and we'll say Mancini in right. You got That's Christian Vasquez. Happen. That could be Christian Vasquez as the DH. Or if Yanier Diaz starts, you know, just all of a sudden, just, you know, they put him more to playing time and he starts crushing the ball. There's a possibility he could be in that DH role too, but it's too early to say right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that, that that's what I was going to say. The situation you just described it. I think they're going to put Tucker in center field. I think they're going to put Mancini in right. And I think Jordan and Chaz are going to play left. And obviously with Jordan's hand thing, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really difficult. But I, I do think that they're going to put those two in left. And whenever Jordan's in left, Vasquez is going to DH, which – I love for the offense. I, I love that for the offense. I don't know how it makes me feel about the defense. Um, yeah, the catching the catching situation is going to be difficult because if you think about it in October, let's say it's a 3-2 lead and you got a runner on second and third with one out. Do you rather have Christian Vasquez come up to pitch it for Martin Maldonado or do you trust Maldonado in that situation in the eighth inning with them runners on? I, I want Vasquez. Exactly. So then you lose that DH if Vasquez is the DH. So that that's the that's the only thing I say about that. I because thought... we're gonna need him in the catching position. Because if you put Diaz in the catching role right there in the rook, he's a rookie too. They're gonna run on him. Period. Oh, they're not gonna put him. In, he's not gonna catch. I don't think that was. Did they'll you? lose the DH. So he'll he'll have to lose the DH because if you put Diaz in the roster, and he's the only one on the bench. Then you obviously had to put him at catcher over because I don't think you could switch the DH and the cat, um, you know, the sub for being a catcher. So I I don't see Tucker going to center. I I honestly think we should just leave it with Chaz. I I, I have a lot of faith in Chaz. And like I said, if Jake Myers would come back, you know, swinging and slashing the ball in triple A and coming back, maybe the last week of September and early October, see where he's at. You never know. You know, it could it could be a different story from there. Yeah, I agree. I have faith in Chaz. I know you have faith in Chaz, but the problem is Dusty Baker does not, and he sets the lineups <laughs> and not us. <laughs> so, exactly. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that, that's that's where I'm thinking that the Tucker situation that we've talked about, I think that's whether we like it or not, I think that's what's happening. Um, but as far as the rest of the roster moves, uh, Brandon Belak and J.J. Marijeva get the call. I'm coming back. I I loudly proclaimed after the Yankee doubleheader when Brandon Belak was phenomenal. Um yeah. I mean Belak Stan, I, I I really you know we we saw him in 2021 and he had his ups, he had his downs. Um mm-hmm. but I'm 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 happy for him. I'm happy yeah. for him to to get his chance um to to you know make an impact in September. This is a really good opportunity Completely honest, he's a guy that theoretically a good September could help. He could end up on the postseason roster. I know that's gonna be it's gonna be a hard he, decision. When he it really comes could. To these guys, and he he could really pitch. He's had experience in twenty twenty. Obviously, yeah. it wasn't you know with people in the stands and everything like that. But I don't know. He could he could continue making this bullpen more stronger. I mean, I mean, if he if he puts together a, a solid September. Um, I think he's right there in the conversation with Seth Martinez, which I mean, obviously, I love Seth oh, Martinez. Man. Big I, Seth I, Martinez I think guy. I think he needs to be in that postseason roster. I I think he so has too, a but... freaking dog in him, dude. He has a yeah, dog. He yeah, he so... does. The only thing I wonder if with with Seth Martinez is is his innings as a rookie. If they're going to be concerned about that going into the postseason, I wouldn't think so as a bullpen arm. Uh, but but you never know what the analytics nerds are saying. Um, and then JJ, I mean, we've seen him. I, I, I'm my to me, the jury's still out on JJ Majevic. I, I don't know if he's that guy or not. Um, 
some people have very strong opinions on him. I know you're you, you're you're of the of the mindset he's not that guy, right? <laughs> I I I don't think he's that guy. On I uh, yet maybe maybe it's just too early for me. Just throughout this season, he's he's kind of iffy to me. Um, I think our first baseman problem right now is going to be either Mancini takes a takes the deal, and I don't know with Yuli. I don't know what the Astros are going to do with him. It'll be interesting what from there, but I don't think JJ is going to be that guy yet, just for now. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I like the idea of him getting some playing time in September, just to kind of see what he can do. Um, this is a fun time watching all the prospects coming up between the oh, September dude, yeah. call-ups, you know, and and the teams that are out of it, you know, just calling up their guys. Uh, like the Rangers are about to start playing Josh J- Josh Young at third place. Josh Young, how you oh wow, um, and. I'm excited to see him because, you know, coming out of Texas Tech, he's one of those guys that is predicted to be like a pretty strong impact guy for them. And obviously the Rangers have a, a big, big legacy at third base over there. Um, so, you know, and across the across the league, we've seen those guys coming up. So it, it, it's fun times. Um, also, as far as Astros call-ups, Johnny Diaz getting called up was huge. I wasn't really expecting that. Uh, when we were talking on Dude, Monday's episode no. – we were talking on Monday's episode. He was one that I thought about, um, but I was like, I don't think they're going to do it. You know, just, he just came up from Double A this season. But the way he's been crushing the ball in Triple A, I love it. I'm I'm happy to mm-hmm. see it. it. It made me excited when I saw it because I really want to see what he can do and see how far away he is. Um, because I mean that that plays into your what do you do in the offseason with Christian Vasquez as well, you know, and what do we do in the mm-hmm. long term solution at catcher. Um, and by the way, Corey Lee has hit six home runs in his last seven games in Triple yeah, I think I think he was like Player of the Week. I would I want to yeah. say in the league. So yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be. Now, this is why we're not GMs, and because Martín Maldonado is obviously going to come back, Nick. Because you're no doubt. Period. He is going to come back. Christian Vasquez, I would love to sign. I would love to sign because we had we need a hitting catcher. If we're going to lose Michael Brantley. That's one big piece we're gonna miss in the you know in the lineup, and if you could put Christian Vasquez in that, that the way he was hitting this year, all due you know all due respect, I would sign him again. But you know I don't think it'll happen because we have two catchers in Corey Lee and Yanni Diaz that are just smashing the ball in Triple A. So yeah, that's a difficult call right there. But like you said, yeah, I, I didn't expect that happening, um, Diaz. I was thinking maybe. Brinson would get a call, maybe um what you call it, um Corey Jokes, just to see where he has been because we called Hunter Brown. We we knew that was gonna happen. Right. But you know, I was thinking more outfield depth that we needed to see. Yeah, but I, I I'm excited to see him and I and I hope that we get to see him in some meaningful games. Uh or not some meaningful games, but some we get some meaningful ABs and we get to see a decent sample size from him. Um and then as far as clearing space on the 40 man roster. Uh, Nico Goodrum DFA'd, which we we saw that coming, but Peter Solomon also DFA'd oh, by the Astros shocked. on Thursday, and that that really surprised me. Um, I think I guess they just not really seen it from him. Uh, I know his his strikeout rate and his walk rate have not been great, um, and I guess just his improvement coming off Tommy John's not where they want it. Um, Josh James lives another day in the Houston <laughs> Astros organization. Um, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting to me. That was an interesting yeah. pick. And, and 
he's a guy I would assume someone's going to pick him up off waivers, but if they didn't, I think they'll outright him back to AAA. Um, yeah, I and, wouldn't be surprised if he comes back, but that that was very that was su- shocking, really shocking and surprising to me that they let him go. Um, we'll, we'll just have to see. Maybe JP France because he's been having a hell of a year for Sugarland, so maybe he took over that kind of like that spot for him, that spotlight. Yeah, and I, I guess it's kind of the the back not backlog, but you know you got Hunter Brown, JP France, like you said, and then who the hell knows what Fourth Whitley's going to be or what his timeline is. Um, gosh, but you know, it's just still there. Uh, and then final move from the Astros roster, Lewis Brinson was traded to the San Francisco Giants, uh, for cash considerations. He was originally sent to AAA and he got promoted to their big league club. That's one of those things where you know you're happy for the guy. He, he you know, spent what four or five seasons in the in the majors, mm-hmm. um, with Miami. Um, he wasn't gonna crack. He wasn't going to make it up, I don't think, in the, in our outfield, even with our outfield issues. Um, he was hitting well in AAA. Um, wish him all the best. Hope he, hope he has a, a, a great career as a giant. Yeah, Adios. maybe it's the future for him. Shoot, maybe yeah. he could get something going over there. I was really, like I told you, I really was hoping he would come up just to see where he's at. He's a former first-round pick, too, back yeah. in I mean, was, he was what, 2017 or 2016, one of those years. But well, I, I would have liked to. I would have liked to see it. Dude. I would have liked to see it. Yeah, you know, he he has the talent. All he just needs to, you know, the confidence. I think is key when you when you have to deal something like that. And you know, his band two ninety nine, three fifty six, uh, nine thirty. You know, slugging average. I mean, I would have not been opposed to him just to come out just to see how he was in the mid season of all the crisis that we were dealing in center field. But you know, like you said, you just wish all the best for him and you know hopefully he has a successful career hopefully in san francisco yeah absolutely um and then we've kind of touched on this before but jose justin verlander uh he he left sunday's game um and went to get mri and mri came back showing facial disruption uh no muscle tears not a nothing to be super super concerned about He's gonna go on a 15 day IL stint. Um, we'll, we'll see him back soon. I, I at the end of the day, I'm not freaking out about this. I don't think anyone should. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna slow play it. They're gonna give him his time. They got to. Mm-hmm. With and, and I mean that's something we talked about was he was probably a guy. He was likely gonna get shut down before the end of September anyway. Um, yeah. And I and honestly, I wouldn't really be that surprised if he doesn't pitch the rest of the regular season. Um, he may come back to throw like the last two se- two series. Uh, or yeah, I think so. You know too. what I mean? His last, I think he'll get two starts in before the end of the season. I think. Yeah, I, I think because two... because we're in week, um, like we said, first week of September. Um, I, I see maybe Tampa Bay, Baltimore. I could see that. I I wouldn't even rush him back. I think that's the biggest. Him and Jordan, I think, are the biggest things. I say. Keep your dawn. If he's still feeling, you know, little hurt, yes. you know, when now it's let both it... hands, let it recover. Let him have the time. Obviously, we have 18 games against below 500 winning teams. If we don't win, so the hell be it. We don't win. You know, that's the thing about baseball. You're not going to win all of them. But for him to be healthy for the month of October, that is going to be the crucial 
part of that lineup right. and really the Astros hopes to game back into the World Series again. I think it's all going to come down to him, how healthy he's going to be. So I think it's very important for him just to, you know, take all the time that he needs with his hands. I think, you know, wrap bubble wrap if you have to with him. So I, I think it's just them things with uh, Alvarez and JV. Yeah, I again, play it slow, play it safe. We got time and we got an 11 game lead in the division. <laughs> and then finally, to wrap up Astros roundup, uh, we've had some red hot Astros. Obviously, a lot has been said about Alex Bregman uh, in contention to be player of the month. He slashed 362, 452, 681 over the month of August with seven homers and 22 RBIs in 94 ABs. Uh, but Altuve and Tucker both had solid Augusts as well. Both of them hit 330 with three home runs. Uh, Altuve had 11 RBIs. Tucker had 19. And, I mean, those are the three guys outside of Jordan Alvarez, of course. We need them, and we need them hitting well. And, you know, if we can get the top of the lineup hitting very consistently, I like our odds a lot. Yeah, I agree, especially, like we said, we've been talking about Bregman a lot because he does deserve August Player of the Month. If he doesn't get it, so be it. You know, obviously people were kind of franking on him not being third base for, I think, MLB for um, Player of the Month. I think it was Nolan Arenado. Give credit to Arenado. He's been having a hell of a month. Um, So not to say that I'm an Arenado fan, so don't even, you know, start saying that. It's just, you know, you got to give credit to the players that that have been doing better so but over oh, so but, you know getting so you're out, an arenado fan no i am not an arenado fan i did not you like Ar- you like nolan arenado better than alex bergman no i <laughs> defensively you gotta say he is don't even give oh, me that oh third okay. base okay defensively defensively would you rather have a what eight time go glover in arenado or i don't even think alex bergman has a go glove at third yet well, as an Astros fan, I'd rather have Alex Bregman. Shut your ass up. You, you defensively, <laughs> shut your ass up. Defensively, you would know you'd take Arenado. But getting sidetracked. Come on, we're getting sidetracked over here. Uh, Altuve, like you said, Altuve and Tucker. I think that's very important because Tucker has been not having the best season like he had in 2021. He finished the season 291 in that last stretch of, I believe, when he was hurt coming back from that injury in May. He was handing the ball really well. He could have been an MVP finalist. But I think Tucker, besides Altuve, because we know how he's going to be, he's going to carry the lineup, you know, being leadoff. Postseason, he has great postseason numbers, especially hitting home runs in the postseason, which a 5-6 hitter in him, you wouldn't expect that. Being, what, third, I think, in the all-time in postseason home runs behind Manny Ramirez and Bernie Williams? Or I think he passed Bernie Williams, I think. Yeah, Um, But I think it's going to be really important for Tucker to step up. I could see a big postseason from him because knowing it'd be, I think Bregman too, don't get me wrong, but I think Tucker, I think that's going to be the most important because he's in that five hole. And, you know, of course, two out situational hitting is the most important thing in baseball. When you have runners on first and third, second and third, or runner on third with two outs, I think it's very important to get this guy in some way somehow you know with the shift or anything like that and we've known tucker hits into the shift a lot so i think adjustments coming up this month of september is going to be important for him just to see you know where he's at obviously he's been red hot in the month of august let's continue that on to the month of september and going into the postseason so i'm really happy how our guys are hitting the ball 
All right. Um, all right. So moving on to around the league uh, as we kind of start to wrap up here. First off, you saw it on social media. It was everywhere. It was on SportsCenter. Uh, Timmy Trumpet, the special guest at City Field. If you if you don't know, Timmy Trumpet is the artist on the song Narco. He plays the famous trumpets, if you can imagine. Uh, it's Edwin Diaz's walk-in music. Uh, I did not know Timmy Trumpets was Australian. Uh, when the video oh, wow. started, I didn't either. It, yeah, I, I guess it was because he was like, it's, "It's like it's my first baseball game, mate." Or some Australian shit like that. Um, I don't know. He, he had an accent. And I think he was like in New York for something else. And Steve Cohen like paid for his, his, like him to stay. And he came to the game and like loved it. He was like, I'm a Mets fan for life. Um, uh, typical Mets he, fans. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he brought his he brought his trumpet and he played Take Me Out to the Ball Game on Tuesday night's game. And then Wednesday night uh, and Tuesday night. Diaz didn't have a didn't come in didn't have a, a save uh, opportunity, but on Wednesday he did came in with a one run a one run lead, and Timmy Trumpets played the Narco song live in City Field. And it was it was a pretty cool video. It was a pretty cool moment. That that was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. That's probably one of the best you know walkout songs to come to. And before like I I'm, I'm before I have given us like I think our top closer songs. What the hell? Mets fans were just mad at this guy two years in a row in 2020 and 2021. Do you not remember Edwin Diaz was doing so bad and Mets Twitter was like, oh, my God, we need to get rid of this guy. This guy they sucks, were, you know. They were like, like selling shirts that said Ed lose Diaz. Exactly. And now all of a sudden a song comes out for him to walk out to and you're like on the Diaz well, bet, you know, the he's win. Been, he's been phenomenal this season. He has. Yes. Give it to him. But you you can't just say all of a sudden like oh, oh yeah. he needs to be gone he sucks and all that crap it, it was like if Presley does this we're not gonna say oh he needs to be gone he needs to be DFA and all this bullshit no we're not gonna say that that's a typical closer you know you win some you lose some but with Diaz it was happening a little bit more and all you you know New York is gonna let you know period New York oh, yeah. does not have a way of saying you know, silently, oh, he's not good. Now nah, they'll let you know. They'll boo your ass some way, somehow. But, you know, getting off track, who do you think besides him has top, like some of the top songs to come out to as a closer? I mean, there is no, there's nothing better than Enter Sandman, Mariana Rivera. I mean, that's, that's the best. That is the best closer song. That is the coolest entrance, and on top of that, he was fucking awesome. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you top that. I'll give one. I'll say Trevor Hoffman, "Hell's Bells" by ACDC. I think that was a pretty cool because that's pretty. The solid. Padres, the Padres had, of course, the bell. You know, when they hit a home run, they usually ring a bell, or even a first pitch. I, I want to say, they did that. So, for you know, the bells in the beginning of "Hell's Bells," the song, you know, mm-hmm. rings the bell and all that stuff, and. You're coming out with the lights going, you know, strong mm-hmm. lights and all that stuff. I, I think that's a good one too. So there's really no wrong answers between them two Hall of Famers. They're they're both pretty damn good, and even their songs coming out too as well. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of those things you always kind of imagine. Like, what would your walk up song be? Would your walk out from the bullpen song be? It's a fun fun little game to play. It's a good road trip game, by the way, if you're on a road trip with your boys. Um, but that was yeah in the series the Mets. Versus the Dodgers in New York. Mets take the series and they also take the series, the season series against the Dodgers 4 3. Uh, is this the NLCS preview? 
Dude, I, I honestly think this could be it. Max Scherzer. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be either Tony Gosselin or um, Kellen Kershaw and then, you know, vice versa with Jacob deGrom. This could be it right here. I honestly think that this could be it. But at the same time, too, I was telling you that National League is pretty deep. It You got yeah, it Atlanta that's hot. You got Philly that's hot. Don't sleep on the Cardinals and do not sleep on the Brewers. So, um. It's going to be interesting. You you can, but they still got Corbin Burns, uh, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. I mean, them guys are pretty good starters, and you just never know what the offense that they have. And it's not the best, but at the same time. And then even St. Louis. St. Louis got two, I think, two MVPs in that lineup in Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. So yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I, I honestly set my heart and believe that this could be the NLCS with the Mets and Dodgers. Yeah, I definitely think it could. I mean, the, the Mets, the Mets are winning their division, but they haven't quite locked it up and the Braves are still three games back. Um, but I think that, you know, if you get to the playoffs and obviously this new playoff format opens the door for a lot of chaos and some really interesting matchups. Um, but you're right. The, the path to the NLCS is not easy for anybody. And but wh- whoever whoever it is, and I think the Mets and Dodgers is a good pick. That's going seven. That's going to be a hell of a series. Yeah. Even Mookie had even told the media when they faced Degrom that Degrom's like the best pitcher he's ever faced or even played. Period. So, it, and man, Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer going against them too. Oh man, that that. Well, I mean, we did see that obviously with Strasburg and Scherzer in the World Series, but Degrom, right. that that guy's a different animal. Yeah, he he is something else, and I'm ha- I'd be happy for him to get some postseason um, experience. You know, go off that those those years of not being able to get any wins from his offense behind him. Um, in other news, staying in the city of New York, the Yankees slide continues. They are 15 and 24 after the All Star break. They finished the month of August going 10 and 18. Uh, they are wow. six and four in their last 10, which is I think that's the only time I've seen them recently with a with an over 500 uh, in their last 10 games. And they ought to be feeling nervous because Tampa Bay is down to a six game deficit in the American League East. Oh yeah, I'd be nervous. And then they still got to play Tampa Bay in the month of September. I want to say they have, they, they have seven, seven games against or six or six or seven games against them in the next two weeks. Yeah. And then of course, I think they're going to play Boston too. They're going to be playing more division rivals like we are. So they'll probably see Boston. Like we said, they they'll see Tampa. Boston could try to ruin their hopes of getting that number two seed or even the playoffs. So yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll just have to see. It's going to be interesting. Even Toronto's on the hot start. Yeah, I mean, because and that's the thing about being in the AL East. If you lose control of the AL East, you run the risk of losing the wild card too, just because of how tight that division is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I still, I, I'm still back in April in our very first episode. I said that the Yankees wouldn't make the playoffs, and I, who knows? I'm glad that it's September, and somehow that's still theoretically in play. Um, and, and we said on. too, we said too with that injured bug. As soon as that injured bug comes, they're going to start losing games. And sure enough, Stanton, Severino, Cortez with the groin all of a sudden. Rizzo. Um, Rizzo. Um, you know, everybody's been hurt and banged up in that roster. So it, it's been really hard to see them go through this. But as an Astros fan, you love to see it because 
them New Yorkers just love to talk their shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. And they love to talk about Aaron Judge. And for what it's worth, you got to get credit where it's due. The guy's over 50, the, over the 50 home run mark. He's hit 51 so far in the month of September. And he's 10 away from Roger Maris's, uh 61 run, 61 home run record. Uh, that's the, you know, the untainted quote unquote record. Uh, you think he can get there? You think he can get to 61? Ooh, man. I honestly think he has a chance. And I if think he does, it's not a crazy I, chance. I think he does. And I would love it even more just for him to look at Cashman and Steinbrenner and just say, you see what you missed out? Because I honestly doubt he's going to stay in New York. And I honestly, yeah, gone. We, we, we probably think he'll probably go to the Giants because he's from Fresno. He went to college at Fresno State and he's a California boy. So he's from London. Uh, Linden, California. So, yeah, I, I'm. It'll be interesting if you know. I honestly think he won't stay, but for him to do sixty something home runs, leave his mark as a Yankee, and just take off to the money over there onto the West Coast, I think that's beautiful. That's a that's a fairy tale ending right there. And then speaking of the AL East, you know the Tampa Bay Rays, like we we're saying, they're not far from the Yankees, but. They lose one of their crucial pieces in that rotation that they had. Their top pitcher and Cy Young finalist, I'm pretty sure he'll be. Shane McClanahan was late scratch uh, from his start due to a left shoulder impingement, which is his throwing uh, arm. Per Mark Topkin, covers the Tampa Bay Times over there with the Tampa Bay Rays. And just recently, he just received a cortisone shot and could be back into, into the, you know, the rotation 15 days from now from uh you know coach cash so it'll be interesting what's going to happen i think it's kind of like in the same situation as jv i think they're just going to hold him as much as they can because i'm pretty sure they'll make the playoffs at the same time too you don't know how baltimore baltimore is i think just catching up behind them they're yeah they're but, a game and a half yeah so it's going to be crucial for the race to continue to play great baseball in that month of September and then due to that I mean credit to them too they do they have been playing good baseball I mean Jose Siri especially with the way that you know he ended with Houston and traded him to Tampa Bay I mean he's really looked really well over there looks like he's been a great center fielder for them too tracking the ball down and he almost hit for the cycle over there in Miami um so it's going to come up to what uh, what's his name? Dylan Rasman, correct? I, I can't remember the first name, but uh, Drew Rasmussen. Drew Rasman, Drew Rasmussen. I think it's going to be very crucial now for him to basically put all the weight on his shoulders to pitch great games. Uh, even the rest of the, you know, starting rotation. And the crazy thing is Tyler Glass now could come back into the 2020. 2022 season in this rotation and that was their ace you know going through what 2019 2020 2021 i mean he is a great pitcher and for him to come back i think even shane bass one of their top prospects he was hurt due to um an injury from his arm as well he's going to be resuming throwing and possibly could be in the postseason roster so oh man i'm their their starting pitching look like it's coming back, but at the same time too, they got to still be worried to continue to be in that wild card hunt, considering that their top pitcher and Shane McClanahan's, you know, dealing with this injury. Yeah, well, I mean, it goes back to what we were saying a minute ago with them playing 
those six six games against the Yankees here in the next couple week and a half or whatever, they take advantage of those games, and I mean that puts them in in a, in a good spot. Even if they can win, even if they split those or or they win three or they win four of them, um, and take care, you know, they they just got to win against the good teams and take care of business against the rest, which I guess is kind of obvious, but that's not a team I think should be written off, um, within it without any without any doubt. Yeah, All right, they're, they're right now. They oh, right now they have the yeah real quick. They they have the number one spot in the wild card, and like you said, one and a half back with Baltimore. Baltimore has been playing great baseball, and then Minnesota with sixty seven wins, and Baltimore has sixty nine. So, just wanted to throw that out there for the AL wild card picture. Yeah, that that wild card race is going to come down to the very end, I do believe. Uh, but anyway, so prospects getting called up. We mentioned this earlier that you know this is that fun time of year with rosters expanding, the teams that are out of contention or bringing up their guys. Uh, and so we've seen some of those coming up. Uh, Orioles called up MLB number two prospect Gunnar Henderson, a shortstop, second base, middle infielder. Uh, and he had a home run in, in his first game uh, as a, as an Oriole in Cleveland the other day. Too. Yeah, first, first hit was a, was a home run off Tristan McKenzie. Uh, D-backs called up number one prospect Corbin Carroll. Yankees called up uh, number three prospect Oswald Peraza. And also, I saw earlier they're calling up Anthony Volpe to AAA, which he's there. Oh, like, wow. he's the guy that, that the Yankees fans like. That's they're that's really their they future. really want him. Yeah, that's their future. Um, and then Rockies called up Anthony Talia, uh, first baseman, and he also hit a home run. I think I don't know if it was his first hit, but I I, I saw that he hit one in, in one of his first few games the other day. So I mean, it's just it's a it's a fun time seeing the youth, the young guys coming out and, and playing and having fun. Uh, as we as we march toward the postseason, yeah, that's the future right there too for all of these teams, especially the Orioles. Um, you know, I think Gunnar Henderson would be a good player because we don't know what they're gonna do with Rooney Odor. Maybe they slide Gunnar Henderson at second. Maybe they go after a shortstop in the offseason. and then next thing you know, they're real playoff contenders. They're already right now uh, in the hunt for a wild card spot, but. Yeah. Um. You know, to see that happen, that'd be good. And of course, the D backs. You know, the season that they're having, Yankees, trying to find a freaking way to you know continue having a good season. But yeah, like you said, getting all these youth, getting all the getting these guys to have some experience in the MLB before their time comes is it's a very important um you know time for these young bucks. Okay, now we're rounding up our episode with cap and no cap. If you do not know what cap and no cap means. Just briefly just say what it means real quick. No cap, obviously, meaning that it's true and you could see that it's possibly going to happen with the call ups or whatever, um, you know, we're thinking about the Astros and, you know, the other players that we're going to be talking about. And then cap, obviously, meaning like, yeah, that's not going to happen. It's a lie. I don't think it will. It's not, you know, it's not possible. So that's how we're going to start it off. And we'll start it off really with Will kind of likes baseball at SHXPR316. He says, I think the New York Yankees takes the top seed. I can't really back that up. I just have a feeling we have a rough patch or two left in us. Will, is this cap or no cap? This is cap, man. We have a five-game lead on the Yankees. We're playing good baseball. Um, obviously, we have the injury scares, but I think we're a much more complete and much better team than the Yankees right now, and I don't see them overcoming um, that five-game lead. Um, it, it would have to take a complete and total meltdown, and I don't see that happening. Yeah, I agree with you too on that. I'm gonna say cap because 
like you said, we've been playing good baseball. Hopefully we continue to play good baseball and we got to take advantage of these um, below 500 teams. And then the Yankees schedule as well. They're going to be playing Minnesota, uh, Tampa Bay twice, the Red Sox. It's never easy with them. So I think they'll have a little tougher than us. So I'm going to say the same thing, but uh, moving on to our second person, our second uh, guy in KLG Phoenix rise of Phoenix. That's a good one. But he's going to say there's not a ton of hot takes to be found, but I imagine Brown gets a look and maybe Leon, but I doubt Leon gets a shot. We limp in the top seed and the Yankees have been struggling worse than we have. Our first round probably will be the Blue Jays after they beat the Rays. Will, what do you think? Cap or no cap? Uh, Partial cap? I don't know. I mean, we, we already saw Leon didn't get the call up, uh, obviously coming mm-hmm. off that injury. Uh, I don't think we limp into the top seed. I I, I think to me that's cap. I think we're gonna really um, finish. I I really feel well feel good about us finishing finishing the regular season strong, um, and and putting a stamp on this. We like you said we have 16 games now in a row left against sub 500 teams. Uh, I think slow playing our injury guys and giving these new guys a chance. Yeah, we may see a little bit of a dip. But I, I still think we, we we roll into that first spot. Um, and then as far as the matchups go, with this new format, I can't ever really keep track of it, but I think there's definitely a good chance that one way or the other, we do see the Blue Jays in the ALDS. Yeah, I think so too with that. Um, obviously, I think, yeah, I, I'll say no cap because I, I, I could see that we could play the Blue Jays or the Rays. I'm, I'm trying to find it right now. I don't know who would, like, I think... Man, I I can't really see where it's at, but I think we we have, I believe, the the not the Indians, the Guardians. I think in the first, and it's between the Ray, the Blue Jays and the Mariners. So yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to the Blue Jays because they they are going to play some good baseball, and obviously we know the Indians how they are. Their offense isn't there without Jose Ramirez. So I could see the Blue Jays, you know, looking at us. So I could see, I could see that. But yeah, let's go on to let's keep moving it on. Uh, Todd T. Johns two, he said, if Valedmis comes back from injury at full strength, he will start at shortstop for the majority of postseason games. We will play the Mariners in the postseason. Will what are we looking at? Um, I'm I'm gonna lean toward Cap, even though I like the I I love the concept. I I. We've talked about it before. Uh, Pena struggles. We can't afford that in the postseason. And I, I, I trust the Ledness more than I trust Pena, but I don't think the front office does. Um, and, I, I, and I don't think Dusty does. I think that they want Pena, for better or for worse, to, to get those reps in the postseason. Um, and I, I think that's more valuable in the grand scheme of things. Um, like Now, if we get to a point where it's like, you know, pinch hitting situations or whatever – one thing that's, that's a different thing, but as far as starts, uh, I think they're going to keep Pena there just to get him that postseason experience over Diaz, who's not going to be an Astro next season. Um, but Ooh, already, I don't think already yeah, saying I mean, Diaz, he's a free agent, right? Yeah, he'll be a free agent, and you, you think he the way he's been hitting this year? Oh, that's a good one. That's that's pretty interesting because he's been having a good season with Houston actually this year. Yeah, and, um, he, and, and he's going to get a good contract somewhere else. Yeah, he could because we have Mauricio Dubon too on team control. So, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna say that too. I'm gonna say Cap because I think too, Jerry Payne has just been playing shortstop this whole season, really. And why we're gonna put a Ledmus Diaz, you know, even though 
Payne has been having his little struggles lately at the at the plate. His defense is going to be important. I think Ledmus could. He's probably going to be playing more into that utility role, which is really helpful for us because we'll have two utility play, utility players in um, Dubon and him. And then going with the Mariners in the postseason, I just looked at it real quick. I just found it. Um, it'll be if we're at the one C, we'll be playing the four and five, which right now it's looking like Tampa Bay and Seattle. So. I wouldn't be opposed, though, to saying the Blue Jays, but I would not want to see Seattle because Seattle is one of the hottest teams right now. I believe they're 41 and 19 after the All-Star break. Um, and then they're starting pitching with Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, and who's the other guy I'm missing? Um, oh, Luis Castillo, they just added to their rotation. Mm. So, ooh, I, I don't know. That. <laughs> I, yeah, that that's they got to – and then plus they got George Kirby, and George Kirby's been pitching pretty well too this second half. Um, I do not want to see the Mariners, you know, even though we do pretty well against them. But, you know, when you're hot, you're hot. And – yeah. I could possibly see too. We could be playing the Mariners in this postseason. So, uh, continuing on, Garrett at Garrett L underscore fifteen. He says Stroh's finished close first in the AL with the scare from the Yankees and play Toronto. What do you say? Uh, I'll cap that as well. I'm just being a cap monster tonight here, just because. <laughs> based, but I, it, they're all kind of the same thing. Is that I I I I think the Astros are going to roll into that top spot in the AL, like five game lead to that spot. Yeah. I, I don't see the Yankees. I, I think we, this is, I think this is who they are and who they've been all along. Um, I, I don't see them giving us a scare. I really don't. Uh, and then as far as Toronto goes, like you said, like you said, right now we're not projected, but with that AL wild card and as much things are still up in the air, um, especially in the AL East, you never know how it's going to shake out, but I think there's a good chance that, that that's who our opponent is. That, that, that's who I kind of see us playing. And for what it's worth, I'm not afraid of Toronto. Yeah, I'm going to go with – yeah, I'll, I'll go with no cap on this one, actually, because, yeah, we, we'll we finish in the first. The only thing I say is I don't think it's a scare from the Yankees. And then playing Toronto, too, I think it's either going to be – to me, I think it's Toronto or um, the Mariners because, like I said, Mariners have been hot lately. And like you said as well, I mean, it's been fluctuating between Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Seattle. They don't, We don't know what level, who's going to be the first, second, third seed in that wild card. So I, I, I say no cap on that because I could see that happening. Uh, next up, we got Ryan Swell, uh, right guy to fly. That's a pretty cool at. So he says the top seed of the AL being us will have 104 wins, and Alvarez doesn't hit a, another home run in the regular season. Please don't be true, but I believe this, he says. What do you think about that? Uh, No cap, no cap, cap. I think top seed, yes, 104 wins, very much within mm -hmm. reason, maybe mm -hmm. even more. Uh, But the Alvarez, I obviously, I hope that's not true. I think the only way that <laughs> happens is if he, like you mentioned, like if they bench him for the rest of the season, which I don't think they're going to do. Um, I think he'll get back in, just like we said, slow play it, He'll come in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's technically he's supposed to rejoin the team tomorrow night. So, well, actually tonight. Actually, tonight. he should be playing tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree with you on that. I'll say, like you said, the no cap to both because I could see us going 104. I even think we could even get to 105, 106 wins. I definitely. We just we have could. to. We just have to see what happens. And then, like you said, Alvarez doesn't hit another home run. We need to see your donk. We need to see another Jordan because it's been a while since he's hit a home run, and we're really going to need that long ball come 
um, crunch time for the postseason. And lastly, but not least, John Disu batch 22 at SETXLN. Um, he, he basically answered the question. He said, will there be new debuts? He said, probably Hunter Brown sometime after the Astros punch their postseason ticket. Um, the next next thing he says, will the Astros finish with the top seed in the AL? He says, yes. And then he's, I said, obviously, we said, who do we play in the playoffs? He said, it's likely be a rehash of the team's past matchups being Tampa Bay in the DS and the Yankees in, in the CS. So, Will, the last one, what do you want to say, cap or no cap? Uh, well, I mean, Hunter Brown, yes, so no cap there. Again, no cap on the top seed in the AL. I think we definitely locked that up. And then as far as the playoffs, I really – Maybe I'm just a hater, but I don't. I don't think the Yankees. I think they're like the third or fourth most talented team in the AL playoff field at this point. Um, I don't think that they're a lock for the ALCS by any means. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. as far as who we play in, in the divisional series, but I mean the Yankees in that two spot. If they catch, depending on how things play out, if they catch the Mariners, I mean I, I don't think the Guardians are that good. Um, I don't know how, but I I can't make my mind up about the Twins. I don't know if the Twins know if they're good or not. Um, you know, if they somehow sneak, <laughs> if they sneak true. into that spot, um, and then of course, I mean, if if they end up with with their divisional rivals, that that can get hairy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just like with us with Seattle, you never know. You play those guys so much, they know you. Um, those pitching matchups are a little are a little more challenging. I I don't know. I I feel like the Yankees do not have that clear of a path to the ALCS. So I'm gonna say no cap on that front. No, are you saying no cap or cap as being cap? Oh, cap, and... sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, about to say. Yeah. Um, I agree. The first one's cap because I think Hunter Brown, he already got the call up. I think we're going to see him in some bullpen relief because I think that's a crucial part in our, um, you know, coming into the postseason. No cap with the Astros fan in the top seed. And then obviously, like you said, Yankees are not right now looking like in championship form. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. They're really struggling in the month of August and even the All-Star break. So it's up in the air. And I think, honestly, of course, we're going to make it to the ALCS. It's just going to depend who we match up with. Um, Of course, we'll see Tampa Bay or Toronto in the division series. That ALCS, though, on the other hand, it's going to be very hairy and very difficult to see who's going to play us in the ALCS. Hopefully, we make it to the ALCS in us ourselves. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll go uh, cap on that one. So, but yeah. Yeah, that was a great segment. Thank you guys, all of you that that sent in your um, your suggestions. Uh, you know, we like your takes. bringing you guys in. <laughs> yeah, we love y'all's takes. Uh, but that is our show. We're going to send you off into the weekend. Uh, hopefully the Astros can take care of business out in Los Angeles or in, in Anaheim, I suppose, technically. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. We always appreciate you. Make sure... Uh, if you're not already, give us a follow on Twitter at Full Seam Ahead and share, drop us a review. We love to hear it. And we'll see you on Monday. Yeah, see you guys.